Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today's episode is all about building your personal brand at work. This is a question that came in through the uh, listener Q&A that I recently did, and I wanted to devote some time to talking about it because it's something that I'm definitely passionate about talking about and think can be really valuable, whether you are trying to build a personal brand so that you can develop relationships and network in a way that helps you find people who will support your ideas and your influence and what you want to do in the workplace, or if you're just trying to build your personal brand so that if you do end up applying to business school, you have people who can support you or perhaps even write a recommendation on your behalf or perhaps use their own network to help you navigate through the MBA admissions process. But either way, regardless, I wanted to take some time to talk a little bit about what is a personal brand, why it matters, and then to give you some practical tips and advice for how you can cultivate your personal brand to achieve whatever career goal you have on your plate, whether that is trying to go to the next step in your career through an MBA or anything else for that matter. So with that, let's just start with the basics in the beginning. And what is a personal brand? So if you Go back to, I guess you could call him the father of personal branding. His name is Tom Peters. The original definition of it was a personal brand is your promise to the marketplace in the world. Since everyone makes a promise to the world, one does not have a choice of having or not having a personal brand. Everyone has one. The real question is whether someone's personal brand is powerful enough to be meaningful to the person and the marketplace. Another expert is Gartner's Mark McDonald, who also said, A personal brand is the context people use when making judgments about your messages, your actions, and requests. It's how they hear you and how you encourage them to take action. I think both of these from a definition and textbook standpoint are at a high level helpful enough to understand and appreciate. If you think about how consumer brands are very similar in the sense that uh, a consumer brand doesn't have a choice of whether or not they're having a brand. They just have one. And, and the same is true for, for us as individuals. And just as we make judgments about a consumer brand's message, people might do the same about you. And so I think at a high level, that kind of works as a definition. So then the next question I want to tackle is just, why does your personal brand matter? And I think this is where this is helpful to have more context, because I think people get the textbook definition. But it's really what sometimes is struggle is why does this matter? And so I want to give a couple reasons why a personal brand matters, specifically in today's world of work. And I think that a starting point point for for this is this general idea that while working hard and doing your job well are important, they are often like those SAT questions that are where your answer is necessary but insufficient, in the sense that Working hard and doing your job, it's just necessary for being a good employee. But that alone isn't necessarily sufficient in terms of achieving whatever goals that you have for yourself, whether that's advancement, promotion, standing out, getting the assignments you want. Working hard and doing a good job, they're they're table stakes. And while it's important, it's not always enough to get noticed, stand out, 
or to get the visibility or opportunities you desire. And in addition to that, there's also a number of factors about today's workplace that I think just make having a personal brand and being known and making it clear to others what you're known for super helpful. So the first one is this idea around collaborative work and cross-functional work. I think most of us, if you're working in a knowledge worker environment where you are working consistently with peers and cross-functional peers or other employees, and what this means is that while there is something that you have to do in order to do your job, you're often working with other people in order to work towards a collective goal. And so when other people know who you are and respect you or other people know what you stand for because you have a good personal brand, it just makes it a lot easier to work with you or to get noticed for opportunities. I think the other thing that often stands out about why personal brand manner, brand matters, excuse me, is this idea of just always on work, working in a quote unquote, always on workplace. There are lots of things going on. We all have our own priorities, our own OKRs, our own KPIs, our own goals and initiatives. And so if you're working on something, I'm working on something and Jim and Sally and Jane and Tom are all working on things. It can be hard to sometimes have your work not get or get noticed because there's just so many other things that are going on at any given time. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying before and just this idea that even if you do a really great job with something, other people may not see it. And so part of why having a personal brand help is helpful and, and matters is that it helps you get noticed. I think the third thing is this just general kind of a challenge we all have with technology overload and just the general amount of distractions that happen each and every day in the workplace. I was doing some research and preparing for this episode, and I stumbled across some research that said the average person gets about 56 distractions a day, and the average person gets about 304 emails a week. And I, I bring this up, and I think it's important because similar to what I was saying about just this always-on work culture, there are so many things that are going on at any given time. If you're trying to get the attention of someone like a leader or someone influential or trying to build a relationship with someone, you have to know and understand that they have a lot of other things that are happening. And that's important for two reasons. I think the first thing is that you have to think about how you're going to break through to them. And then the second thing is that if you cannot always be everywhere, how are you going to be known? How are you going to be known when there's all these people that have all these things going on? And part of why having a personal brand helps is that it scales your impact. And so you don't have to show up everywhere and be everywhere to get noticed. If you do personal branding right, your brand can speak on behalf of yourself even when you aren't in the, in the room. And then the last kind of reason why a personal brand matters is this idea around cooperation. Most likely you're working in an environment where while you have responsibilities, it can often be difficult to get things done solely on your own without the help of other people. And oftentimes you need other people to help you. And in many cases, you may not have the authority over them, or you may not have the reporting structure that allows you just to tell them what to do or to do your thing. And so the more that people know who you are, the more that they hopefully like you, or the more you're going to get people to help you do the things that you need to get done. Those are just some of the reasons why having a, why you need to have a personal brand and why you need to cultivate that personal brand. And so I think at the end of the, the end of the day, this is just the reasons why you need a strong personal brand. Okay, so now we know the why, now we wanna get to the how. So how do you grow your personal brand at work? How do you find ways to cultivate your personal brand so that 
people see it, people view it favorably, people know what it is, and so that you can start attracting opportunities, ideas, relationships that can help you uh, advance the way that you want to advance. So I want to give some tactical things that you can do to grow your personal brand. And just, I think, companies and company brands have to show up to demonstrate how they add value to customers. You uh, employees have to show up and communicate your own personal brand so that you can stay top of mind to others. And so with that in mind, here are a couple tactical suggestions that you can use each day to improve and to cultivate that personal brand you have. So the first one is this idea of being able to create and track proof points. If you work in marketing or if you know a marketer, they will probably tell you they live and die by the concept of proof points. These are specific examples, statistics, or the so what behind any copy or messaging that might appear on a website. This could also include logos. So for example, if you go to your favorite software provider, if you go to their website, they'll have a whole section based on what they call customer stories. And these are just specific proof points and examples of how they have all these customers who love their product and did all these amazing things. Or they might have a statistic on there that says, oh, we saved this company X amount, hundreds of thousands of dollars, or we helped improve this kind of productivity. These stats or proof points are reasons that demonstrate why their product or brand is so great. You can use this concept for yourself and your own personal brand by collecting as well as documenting your own proof points. These can be anything from a deliverable you completed that really demonstrates the skills that are part of your personal brand, such as an amazing analysis you did in Excel, or perhaps a really amazing deck that you built, or even an internal document that you are really proud of, or something like that. These can also be kudos or compliments or emails that are congratulating you for doing an amazing job, doing something. But in the end, just like a marketer wants to use proof points to demonstrate how amazing their brand is and their product is, you can do the same for yourself. Now, if you're not capturing these, the very first thing you can do is to start to capture them. And some people have a, what they call like a brag book or a smile file where they capture all those amazing things that people say about them or all those documents that really show the value of their work. And if you have, that's great. If you don't have those, you can start collecting them. And once you have them, what you want to be able to do eventually is to be able to start sharing and surfacing them so other people can see them. And the people that you want to share them with certainly are your manager, perhaps your teammates, perhaps other stakeholders. But in the end, these are just proof points that really show the value of what you do, just like a marketer wants to do the same thing for a brand. Okay, this next tactical point is something I call practicing internal marketing. I mentioned this earlier, but hard work and good work is not enough. Making sure to document the great work that you do, to summarize it, and to make sure others know about it. As we talked about earlier, doing great work is important, but it's not always enough. And so making sure that you document the great work that you're doing, that you can summarize it, and that you can share it with others, especially other key stakeholders, decision makers, or formal or informal leaders, is really critical as well as helpful to getting the visibility and credibility for your own personal brand within your organization. A better way to think about this is that Internal marketing is what helps scale the impact of your work. When you do the work, whether it's a project or a task, the people that know about it, who you work with, that's great for them to know about it. 
But internal marketing is the thing that helps a lot of other people in your organization know about it. And so at the core, my definition of internal marketing is the act of servicing and making others aware of your work and ideas through documentation so that you both can be more collaborative, effective, and informed about how you do your job. And doing this ensures that others are not only aware about the work that you're doing for your own benefit, but it also is something that educates and helps others so that they might be able to benefit from it or even collaborate with you and your work as well. And that helps you, but it also helps them as well as the organization. And so what does internal marketing look like? Well, let me give you a a couple quick examples. Uh, The first example is that let's say you finish a project and what you can do is you can put together a five summary slide of the key wins, the key deliverables, and the lessons that are learned. And when you're done with that, you can share that with your manager or your manager's manager and any other key stakeholders that were involved in the process. Another example could be is that let's say that you work in a maybe perhaps a bigger organization and there are other people who have the same job or the same job title or the same role as you do. Perhaps what you can do is you can actually bring those people together, have a session where you're sharing knowledge and best practices around a specific topic or idea, and then document what you learned and share that out with other people in the organization. Another example could be, let's say that you finished a project that is something that is either repeatable or that a lot of people in your organization work on at any given time. Or maybe perhaps it's something you do every year. What you can do is you can do that project that you typically do, but then catalog all the deliverables from that project into a set of templates. And then you can make them available internally to whether that's through Slack or Microsoft Teams or perhaps some internal knowledge documentation platform, and then share that with other people so they can use that in the future. I've used this one a number of times, which has helped me build a ton of influence and credibility and also furthering my personal brand. And then the fourth example is around curation. So pick a topic that aligns with your personal brand or just any of the work that you're doing that you like doing or want to be known for and find five other resources. Those can be internal documents, slides, external articles, et cetera, and share them with five people who who would also benefit from hearing about these topics. These are just a couple examples. These are all ones I've actually used myself and would encourage you to try on for size. But all of these are opportunities for you to demonstrate to others about the impact of your work or the impact of your credibility and to be able to scale that across your organization. And doing so not only will help further your personal brand, but it will also increase your surface area of opportunities that could come your way. Okay, the third thing about how to cultivate and strengthen that personal brand is this idea of intentionally building relationships. So a very practical way to get known by others and to improve your personal brand is taking the time to intentionally build relationships with critical people in your company. The trick is focusing on quality and not quality and to view relationship building as a key responsibility of your job, not necessarily an afterthought. So just as an example, if you have to work on a project where you need someone else to help you, do you think it's easier to work with them if you had already spent the time to get to know them, their role, their motivations, or if you're just meeting them for the first time. I'm assuming you're probably going to say the former versus the latter. And so this is why intentionally building relationships are really important and really critical. How do you do this? How do you actually go out of your way to intentionally and consistently build relationships? I get this question a lot, particularly because I think a lot of people intuitively agree that building a relationship is important, but they often ask me, how do you actually do this? How do you actually find time to do this? 
So let me give you a couple different tactics that you can actually use. So the first is this idea of a 15-minute hello. If you're in a meeting with people, perhaps there's someone you haven't met yet, well, follow up with them to grab 15 minutes on their calendar to introduce yourself and learn more about them and share a little bit about yourself. This is also a great opportunity to practice your elevator pitch or to talk about your own personal brand. Another way to intentionally build relationships is something I call the five-minute favor. I'm borrowing this from, I believe, Adam Grant, who wrote the book Give and Take, who's the Wharton professor. And this is a tactic you can use, particularly with people that you already know. The idea of a five-minute favor is to do something that is helpful and meaningful to someone else in a big way, but is a small act on your part. So hence the five minutes. And sometimes it might take more than five minutes, but the general idea is what is something little that you can do that would mean a lot to other people? And doing this will not only help them out, but it will also make them appreciate and respect you more and think more favorably of you. And if you do this for a couple of people, think about the benefit that could have the next time you have to work with them. And then the last example I'll give is this idea of finding your third place. So the third place is a concept popularized by the architect Ray Oldenburg, which he considered a third place to be, after home and perhaps work, a place you could go as a watering hole where you could form social bonds with others. Uh, a lot of, in a lot of cases, a, a church could be or was traditionally thought of as a third place. The brand and coffee maker Starbucks, their aspiration for a long time was to, quote unquote, be a third place in their specific communities. But you can use this concept to think about how you can find uh, places to form social bonds in the workplace and in a professional setting. And this, these third places are these are help us feel connected, but they're also places where we can go to generate new ideas, where we can get feedback on what we are working on, where we can gain connections that can further advance our goals and our personal brand. So what are some examples of third places, particularly within the workplace? For one, if you have employee resource groups or affinity groups at your company, that could be a really great example of a third place. And in addition to that, you might even have online groups within your or online communities within your company as well. That could be another third place. Professional organizations, whether those are in-person ones or online ones, are all their great examples of third places. And you can also most certainly create your own third place. You can create your own informal, perhaps, network of people who you meet with on a consistent basis. This is something that I actually did myself when I previously worked where I would host a monthly meeting for many of the other product marketers I worked with where we would connect and talk and share best practices. And this was all done in a virtual setting because we were all virtually distributed, although you could absolutely do this in person as well. But these are all ways you can intentionally build relationships and strengthen opportunities for yourself. Hey there, it's Al. And thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show and I hope you're enjoying it too. Unfortunately, it's still pretty hard to spread the word on podcasts, and that's where I would really love your help. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. Okay, step four. This is what I call about creating a career 10Q. In our always-on world, there's lots of distractions, right? It can help to block out focus time to reflect on your career accomplishments. There's so much you're working on that sometimes you do something great that you forget to keep track of it and you just move on to the next thing. 
So one way you can prevent this from happening is to write what I call a career 10Q, or a quarterly review of your career growth and development for that specific quarter. It's very similar to how a company files a 10Q each quarter to reflect on their progress and aspirations that they update for investors. And so doing this for yourself is very similar. And just like a company might report on progress or how they're doing or the impact of their work, you can do the same for yourself. And so you can draft up your own career 10Q each quarter where you can ask yourself, how have I driven impact for my organization? How am I getting closer to my career goals? What are the key projects I worked on that really moved the needle uh, for myself as well as for my team in the business? And you can ask those questions and then document your answers, whether that's in a Word doc or a PowerPoint or whatever you'd like. And then what you can do is you can actually share this internally, either with your manager, perhaps your manager's manager, but other people on the team. And what I would actually encourage you to do for your Career 10Q is that after you do this, actually set up time with your manager, dedicated time, probably like 30 to 45 minutes, and walk them through what it is that you did on your Career 10Q and review it with them and ask for feedback. These are helpful for a number of reasons. Number one, it helps you keep track of everything that you did. Number two, it gives you a reason to talk about your career and your personal brand with your manager. And that can help them and inform them in terms of helping further your personal brand as well as helping you develop in your career and whatnot. And then certainly, this is also a really helpful exercise to helping you reflect on your personal brand. If you look at the projects in your quarter and realize you're doing really great work in one area that you didn't know you were good at, well, that's a really insightful element and thing. And so those are all different things and reasons why this career 10Q can be super valuable to furthering your personal brand. Okay, number five, develop what I call a shareable point of view or a shareable POV. So even if you know your personal brand, even if you think you have great expertise in a topic or area, if others aren't aware of why you are unique and knowledgeable, it can be hard to really further that brand and be seen as that expert in your organization. And one way around this and one way to demonstrate that expertise and that knowledge and that brand is by developing what I call a shareable point of view. A shareable POV is a set of ideas, expertise, and knowledge about a particular topic that you have synthesized into a consumable piece of content. This could be a written document, a presentation, a PowerPoint deck, or a video recording, etc. The format doesn't really matter but rather taking the time to develop and synthesize your ideas and expertise and then making it shareable are what are most important. This is what I talked about before in terms of being able to scale your impact. Documentation is a critical enabler of that, as is taking the time to actually synthesize what you know. So not just letting that information live in your head, but getting it out there and getting it seen by other people so opportunities can arise for yourself. So I want to give a couple examples of shareable POVs that I've used in the past that have been helpful to me building my own personal brand and furthering career growth. One example I I did have was that I created a pitch deck each quarter about the competitive landscape for my company's industry and all the competitors of what was going and what they were doing and what was going on. I would send this each quarter to the people that I thought would benefit from reading it and in a number of cases teams actually reached out to me to engage me to get more further expertise on this topic because it was a gap that they didn't have. Another example of a shareable POV is that there was a couple, there was a couple times when I was going to meetings 
uh, with some senior leaders. And I knew that there were topics that I knew a lot about that I also knew that they cared about. And so before the meeting, I made sure to spend some time developing a shareable POV on them. And I made mention of those specific topics just in passing to that senior leader. And we had a brief conversation around it. And at the end of that, I just said to them, hey, I, I've had some thoughts on this topic. Would you mind if I shared them to you after the meeting? I would love to get your thoughts. Every time I've done that, I've never had someone say no. Every time I've done that, I've always heard, yes, I would love to see them. On a number of occasions, I was able to get new projects or to increase my scope because of being able to share that document with them. They appreciated that I had taken the time to synthesize my thoughts and ideas. They appreciated the knowledge and expertise that I had, and they found it valuable and interesting. And as a result of them seeing that, they were able to slot me into opportunities. The, I think a key theme here is that opportunities for inc improving in your career, or improving your personal brand don't happen when you sit in a silo. They happen when you're out engaging in the world. Now, you cannot be everywhere, but when you have documentation or you have information about your ideas and your brand that others can see, then it helps them associate opportunities with you because it becomes top of mind. Okay, so I talked a little bit about what your personal brand is, why it matters in the workplace, and some specific tactics for how you can grow your personal brand, whether that is to improve your visibility and credibility at work, be seen as a leader, achieve some sort of career goal that you have, or just build better relationships that will help you down the road in the short term or the long term. I hope this was helpful into helping you define as well as grow your personal brand and Hopefully these tactics are things you can try on for size and implement. If you end up using any of these, I would love to hear how they go and how useful that they are. And my hope though, is that you walked away with some ideas about how to build and grow your own personal brand. Hi everyone, LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.